0: Praise God. It's so good to have all of you today. I see several first-time guests, or maybe first time that I've seen you. And we're so glad you're here today. We welcome you this morning. Amen. Praise God. So glad that you are worshiping with us. And I feel very excited today. Last week was tremendous. Brother Cornwall. was here. It was a blessing. And I feel very uplifted today and full of faith. Because I feel like we're starting to crest the wave of Summer. And we're getting over the summer crest, and we're getting here July, into July. We're almost in August, and so things will start to be settling back down. And I feel such a great anticipation in my heart and spirit for what's going to be taking place beginning in the fall as we move forward, and we begin to even see greater things that God is doing. And I am just absolutely thrilled at what, what is going to be taking place, because usually... And they have been doing this long enough now to see these patterns develop. Usually, summer is your is your bottom time, but the great part about this year is we haven't really bottomed out this summer, which is awesome. So we are. If if this is our bottom, I can't even imagine what our top is going to be. So I'm excited about that. But we're so glad you're here this morning. I want to take you on a little journey this morning for a few minutes. We're going to be a little slow to uh, start off with because I want to lay. A little bit of a foundation, we're going to get a little technical, we're going to get a little deep, so you got to pay attention, you've got to follow me, because if you don't follow me, you may not understand fully where we're going. And I want to share something with you this morning, we're going to put the full, full picture together, and I want to uh, talk to you. We're continuing, even though it's been three weeks since the first one, we're trying to continue the, the series that started three weeks ago with defining moments. The first one we talked about was the defining moments in the life of Peter. But I want to take you to another defining moment in the Gospels. I've been in a Gospel kick for the last number of months now. I just can't seem to get out of the Gospels. That's all I seem to read, study, meditate on. And um, I want to share something with you on a familiar moment, a very defining moment in the gospel and a very familiar moment in the gospel but I want to try to uncover it in a way that maybe you've never seen it before and then when we get to the end I'm going to bring it back around I'm going to I'm going to the Holy Ghost is going to connect that the dots to you today. So let's do a little bit of reading if we could this morning. And I'm going to do something I don't know if I've ever done it quite like this. I'm actually going to read to you out of all four gospels. Cuz I want you to see the significance of this out of all for Gospels. So let's take a little journey this morning. Matthew chapter 27. We're going to go to verse number 15. Matthew 27 verse 15. Now at the feast of the governor was accustomed, now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. Verse 16. And at the time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handled, handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife said to him, "Have nothing, Saying, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. So let's skip. That's Matthew. Let's skip next to Mark. Mark chapter 15, verse number 6. The same exact moment in Scripture. You've got to get this moment. Matthew, Mark 15, verse number 6. Now at the feast, it was a custom of releasing a prisoner to him, whoever they requested. Verse 7. And there was one named Barabbas who was chained with fellow rebels. Everybody say rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do what just as always been done before them. But Pilate answered, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed over him because of envy, but the chief priests turned the crowd so that they should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them, verse 12, What then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? Verse 13, so they cried out, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, "What? Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them. Now, Matthew, Mark, let's go to Luke. Luke, we're only going to read two verses in Luke. Luke 23, verse 18. And when they all cried out once, saying, Away with this man! Release unto us Barabbas, verse 19, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. Made in the city and for murder. Now finally, verse John 18, verse 39. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried again saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. Now, why did I read to you all four passages of Scripture? What's the point I'm trying to make here? I want you to look at something very significant in this passage of Scripture that we've just read. Oftentimes, we look at this as a defining moment because we know that through the fervency of the crowd, given the option, they chose Barabbas. We understand that this. But there's something very unique here that takes place. If you've ever... Then any kind of casual reading of the Gospels, you will notice something very unique about the Gospels as you begin to read them. A, number one, not all the Gospels give you the same story. Sometimes you'll find one, that there'll be two Gospels with a parable, or two Gospels of a miracle, or maybe even three, but, but very rarely do you see all four Gospels have the same thing in it. Not all the Gospels have the same chronological order. Some things are mixed around based off the desire of either Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John and conveying their message. We find all these things. And on top of that, we know of significant members and pieces of the Gospels whose names we don't know. Think about it. Here's some people in the Gospels who we don't know, but are major things in the Gospels. John 4, the woman at the well. How about the centurion? We just know him as the centurion. We don't know if he was... Bob the centurion? Jim the centurion? He's just the centurion. Or we got the Syrophoenician woman. We know where she came from, but we don't know who she is. Or we just have the lepers. We don't even know the name of the leper who came back to Jesus to fall down at his feet and worship him. That was a major moment. He healed the ten. One came back and fell down at his feet, and Jesus made him whole. He said, where are the other nine? We don't know what his name was, but major player. What about the widow or even the son of the widow who Jesus raised from the dead? How about this is another good one. We talk about this woman in the Bible called the woman with the issue of blood that pressed her way through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. We don't know who that woman was. We don't know her name. We know who she, what she did. But we don't know if it was Jane, Sally. We don't know the name. We don't know these people. How about this, another good one. It's just called the thief on the cross next to Jesus. He was crucified on the cross between two thieves. These are major characters in the gospel stories whose name we don't even know. Very interesting. Why? I don't know why they didn't choose to give us the name. But then it's something very unique. Not only do we know the name of the prisoner that they wanted to release that day, but even to a greater extent, all four gospel writers give us his name. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four give us this man's name. That is super unique because John was written, some, some estimates, 50 years beyond the realm of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And even John decided his name was significant enough that we should put his name in here. So anytime you see something like that in Scripture, and mind, is, and mind the way I look, it just sort of kind of pings at you. Wait a minute. What? Why? Why? Why tell us this man's name? And on top of that, I don't know of any other man other than one of the disciples where, or one of the major, like Mary, or one, one major player, where we find a significant name passed on throughout all the Gospels. So let's stop for a moment. Let's just look at just the name. Let's, we're going to take two sides of this. Let's look at the name Barabbas. In the Hebrew, it's actually two names fused as one. In the Hebrew, bar means son. Very much like today, you might have a last name of Johnson or Williamson, meaning you are the son of John, son of William, but your last name is Williamson or Johnson. In scripture in Hebrew, bar is simply son. That's why Jesus looked at Simon and said, Blessing are you, Simon, Bar, Jonah. Simon, bar, son of. We see names like Bartholomew. This was Bar, and now today, even a modern way, you have a bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah simply means son of commandment, mitzvahs commandment, son. That's what Bar is. So Bar doesn't really give us any insight other than simply son. But Abba is a unique word because we know in Hebrew it talks about we call God Abba, Father. So literally the translation of Barabbas can be translated son of the father. But something really unique starts to take place. If you start digging a little research, you find that in some of the copies of Matthew, they actually refer to, Bar, uh, the, uh, to uh, Bartimaeus as Yeshua Bartimaeus. Barabbas, sorry. Yeshua Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas. Very unique that this would take place because it was saying "Son of the Father." Son of Father doesn't really make sense, but then you start to take that little bit of an understanding that really doesn't make sense, and then let's take another step back. And I know I'm going a little deep here, so bear with me here. We'll, we'll bring it back around. Let's take a let's take another. Big step back, and let's look at the totality of what was taking place at that time. The Jews were coming out of 400 years of silence post-exile. They had gone into exile, they'd come out, and they're living in 400 years of silence where God just... zip. So, 400 years, it's the mere 2018, so let's just take that back, Brother Trombley. That'd be 1618. In the year of my Lord, 1618. That'd be the last time we had any kind of spoken, tangible word. Can you imagine that? But in the desire of a kingdom to be restored because they had seen the kingdom taken away and there was a desire for the kingdom to be restored. All of a sudden, there was these groups that began to rise up. And on top of that, again, I'm getting a little technical here, but I just have to lay the foundation. You had all these armies that began to rise. You had Alexander the Great. You've heard that name in history. Alexander the Great came in and swept through that region and literally conquered that entire region and scattered... A lot of the Jews. In fact, it became so wrapped in the Greek culture that there were Jews that actually stopped and forgot how to speak the Hebrew language that they actually had to take the Hebrew Bible and translate it into Greek so that the Jews could actually read it. That's where it had gotten to when Jesus shows up on the scene. That that's how scattered things had gotten. But you have this sect and we find it in Jesus dealing with it. You had three groups that arose. You had a group that believed that when Messiah came, he's going to restore the kingdom. They would say, when Messiah came, he's going to restore his kingdom. They believed the kingdom was coming, and they believed it was prophesied that when the Messiah came, he would bring this army, this army would rise up, and we're going to restore the kingdom. Because, let's be honest, you can see the disciples even thought that a little bit. They're like, who's going to sit on your, like, what can I do, you know? Am I going to be a general? Am I going to be a colonel? What, I'm going to be in the army. Jesus like, I'm not talking about that kind of kingdom. Wrong kingdom. She had that group. Then on the other side, you had another group that believed, you know what? We'll restore the kingdom, but we'll restore the kingdom through a rise of our people forcing our way through this rebellion. Because let's be honest, don't forget, the Jews were a captured nation when Jesus was walking. They weren't free people. Let's not forget that. Jews were governed by the Romans. The Romans were not nice people. Let's get that picture. These were not cheerful little fellas that walked around with smiles on their face. The Romans got their reputation because of their brutality. Just to give you a little picture. I know you're like, I didn't come for a history lesson, man. Where are we going? (laughs) We got to give a history lesson, okay? Walk with me. The same time that Jesus was walking on the earth, the Romans were over in current Germany it's current now They Germany, which was Gaul at the time. They would just roll up into a village with this giant cage. They would just say, okay, all the men, all the boys, all the girls, let's go. They would just round you up, throw you in a cage, and you'd be off, and you'd never see your family again. Done. These were brutal fellows. The Jews were living in this kind of world. That's what they were dealing with. They were not free people. And then you had that other group. You had the group that decided, you know what? We'll restore the kingdom. But here's how we're going to restore the kingdom. We're going to restore the kingdom through our good deeds. We're going to be perfect. If we never make a mistake, we never do anything wrong, the reason why we got ourselves in this situation is because we messed up, we did dumb stuff, we had idols, we did all this nonsense, and God struck us down. So if we're perfect, God will restore the kingdom through our perfection. And not only are we going to do what's required, but we're going to add on. All this other stuff that's not really required, but it's going to give us the safety barrier between us and all that other stuff so we can really restore. And that group became the Pharisees. So this, you had this fact. This is what Jesus walked into. Jesus rolls up into this kind of, this kind of world. And so Jesus rolls up into this world, right? And he's in there and he shows up and said, listen, if a Roman soldier decides to ask you to carry his pack one mile, why don't you go ahead and carry it too? <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm not even. No. Show me how to give some kind of kung fu move. So when I ask me to have his pack, I'll take him out at the neck. <laughs> give me some kind of special power where I can call down angels. And he said, Can I carry your pack? And I'd be like, Got you in Jesus' name. Would you like original or extra crispy? I'm going to fry you right now with the word. Don't tell me to carry it two miles. Doesn't make any sense. So then we got to look at the picture. This is sort of the world that Jesus was living in. In fact, we know a little bit about this world because they kind of thought... They were a little nervous that when Jesus was getting these crowds of four and five thousand out on the countryside, they were really afraid that Jesus was just recruiting an army. They're getting nervous. The Pharisees, the council, they were getting nervous because they thought, listen, here, here's the problem. I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get so deep, but you gotta, you gotta understand the psyche behind all this. Here's the deal the Romans were very slick. The Romans treated the Jews unique. The Romans said, listen, most of the time when the Romans came in, they said, look, you're going to follow our God. But they were very, they were very diplomatic with the Jews. They said, listen, you can, you can worship your God the way you want. And so the Jews, to kind of appease, they would offer a daily sacrifice in the temple on behalf of Caesar to God. It was like, you know what, you do it. And on top of that, they let the Jews and the Pharisee council run the city. They had a sweet deal. They didn't need anybody messing up the apple cart. Don't mess with this. We got a sweet deal. Yes, we're captive. But listen, we're just appeasing the Romans until finally God comes down and strikes them all and we get this thing restored. Don't mess with this. Now you understand why, if you know a little bit about that, you understand why Jesus and the Pharisees butted heads so much. They were butting heads all the time. And we look at people and go, well, you know what? They're so Pharisaical. We don't even know what that means. Because you know what? If we're honest, we got a lot more Pharisees than we realize. Because a Pharisee, someone's trying to earn their way into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Pharisees are not people that live double lives. Pharisees are people that are trying to earn their way in the kingdom by their own strength, their own standards, their own way. That's being Pharisaical. So before you accuse somebody of what they are, just learn the term a little bit before you accuse them of what they are. A little history 101 so here's the deal now now the reason i read that i don't know like well, let's bring it back home because i've just lost half of you there's not a test at the end of this i promise watch what mark tells us here's something very unique mark 15 verse 7 watch what mark says 15 verse 7 mark 15 says something very very interesting barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels they had committed murder in the rebellion. Clue number one. Now let's go to Luke. What did Luke tell us? Luke 23, verse 19. Put it up there. 23, 19. Watch what Luke says. Luke 23, 19. Second clue. You ready? Look at this. Who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for Murder. Here's another clue. John tells us. John 18 verse 40. Ready? John 18 verse 40 says this. Barabbas was a robber. Now we think of a robber as someone who steals gum. That's not what a robber means there in the Greek. It's a plunderer or a freebooter who was basically a pirate. That's what we call a pirate. Or a member of a gang. Now we're starting to realize a little bit of who this guy Barabbas was. Barabbas was a guy, whether he was the leader, and more than likely he probably had to have been the leader because his name was significant. Here was a guy that had been, by Mark and Luke's account, had been tied to a rebellion. Josephus, who was a historian at the time, talks about the rebellions that would take place amongst the Jews against the Romans. In fact, there was one they talked about that actually took place in the city of Jerusalem where they tried to overthrow the Romans and actually ended up spilling onto the Temple Mount. So we don't know if this was Barabbas that was a part of this, but somewhere Barabbas was a part of trying to overthrow and the murder more than likely would have been a murder of a Roman. He wouldn't have been thrown into prison because guess what? We know by the, by the choice that he was not in a Jewish prison. He was in a Roman prison because Pilate was the one that had the choice to let him go. He was a Roman captive, which means he would have committed a crime against the Roman state and the murder that would have taken place was more than likely in the rebellion. He would have killed a Roman soldier. And now he's in prison. And he is the self-proclaimed Jesus Barabbas. I'm Yeshua, son of the Father. And then we've got over here, Jesus, the Son. And you've got the choice that's given to the crowd that day. And the crowd is given a choice. Do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus? It, at first glance, does not seem like a big choice. At first glance, it seems like, well, they chose Barabbas. How could they choose Barabbas? Poor Jesus. But you have to understand, do you know what they said? Give us Barabbas. When you put all the pieces together, you realize what was really taking place in that crowd that day. Because standing before them that day, and they were given a choice, two men were restoring the kingdom. Two men were standing before them that both of them were trying to bring about the kingdom. But one man over here was saying, I'm going to bring about the kingdom through a cross. I'm going to be about the kingdom through love. I'm going to bring about the kingdom through my shed blood and my sacrifice. And the other one was over here saying, I'll give you the kingdom, but we're going to take it by force and our own might and our own strength and our own desires. Yeah. Through our own way, our own effort. We can do this. And one over there is preaching, don't kill a Roman. Take his pack a second mile. And over here is going but let's kill them. We're slaves to them. Why are we letting them rule us? Let's murder him. And Jesus is over here saying, love your enemy. Do good to them that mistreat you. No, 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 no. Let's take them out. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's take all of the Stuff that's against us. And the crowd had a choice that day. Which path do you want? Do you want the cross? And the kingdom of love? Or do you want the kingdom? But you want it your way? And the crowd called out that day. Give us. Barabbas. And when they cried out. Give us. Parabas, what they were saying is, we want the kingdom. We want the kingdom. But we want the kingdom our way. Give us the kingdom. But give us the kingdom through our own efforts, our own strength. Don't tell us to love our way. Teach us how to fight our way. Don't tell us how to lay down our life. Tell us how to save our life. Jesus had said, any man that tries to save his life will lose his life. Any man who loses his life for my sake will gain it. And they said, we don't want that. We want Barabbas. Here we are, 2018. We sit there, we hear that story. And we're gassed with unbelief. Going, how could they reject Jesus and take Barabbas? But can I tell you today that when you run your life your own way and you try to do things through your own effort, you look at Jesus and 2018 you say, I want my Barabbas. I want a Barabbas. I want Barabbas. I want the kingdom. I'm not arguing today about the kingdom. I want the things of God. I want to walk with God. I want all the stuff you're talking about. I want to be a disciple. I want all these things. I'm not arguing that. But I don't want it that way. I want it Barabbas. We're so appalled by that today. We're so appalled by that crowd. How could they send Jesus to his death? But yet today, when we run our own lives and we do our own things and we have our own efforts and our own ideas and our own ideologies and no one's going to tell me what to think. No one's going to tell me how to live my life and I'm going to do it my way. We're looking at the face of Jesus and we're looking at him and saying, you take the cross, but I'll take Barabbas. So you know what the sad thing today is? After that moment, when he was named Victoria, they'd say his name, give us Barabbas. We know Pilate releases Barabbas back to them. And then, he is literally wiped off the face of history. The Bible doesn't mention him. You cannot find him mentioned in any kind of historical documents. He is literally wiped off The face of history. But the one who went to the cross, spent three days in a grave that was resurrected again. He said, I go to prepare you a place. Because where I be, where I am, there will you also be. See, the problem is, when you take your own way, you get temporary relief. It feels good for a moment. You get your Barabbas. You get your hero. He comes out and everyone cheers. Barabbas is free. Our hero is free. The man who took down the Romans. The man who killed the Romans. He's Barabbas. But you don't even realize it's only for a moment. Because your Barabbas is about to be wiped off the face of history. And the cross. The eternal way. Is given up for that moment and that Barabbas moment. Some of us today, can I be honest with you, we're at a crossroads. It's not really a crossroads. Let me back that up. I, I, I said that. I was talking to somebody a while back and I said it was a crossroad moments, And I realized it's not a crossroad moment. Because a crossroad, when I come to a crossroad, i got three options. Right, left, or keep going like I am. So technically, it's not a crossroad because you can't keep going like you are. You're not at a crossroads. You're at a fork. There's only two options. And you're standing before today and the options are Jesus, Son of God. Or Jesus, Son of the Father. And only you can, day, can decide do we want Jesus or give me Barabbas? You say, I want Jesus. I'm here today because I want Jesus. <sighs> Come on, are you telling me you're not a good person? I'm here today. I want Jesus. I'm not arguing today if you want the kingdom. They wanted the kingdom too. I'm not arguing today that you don't love Jesus. They wanted the kingdom too. My, t- my challenge to you today is not if you want the kingdom. My challenge today, how are you going to get it? Are you going to do it through here and your efforts and your strength? Are you going to do it through here? Because what did Jesus say? Man looks on the outward, but look on what? You see, I can be Barabbas, and I can hide all of this. But if if I walk that journey, he's going to expose all this. See, I want the kingdom, but I want the kingdom the Barabbas way. But Jesus, you see, when you're on a cross, and one hand is over here, And one hand over here, you've got nothing left to cover yourself with because it's been crucified and you're exposed and everything there is open. You see, we want the kingdom. You're here today. Come on, you... you, you, you. There are thousands of people that are driving by today on that road. They're not bad people. They're good people. Nothing wrong with them. But they're going out. They're going to games today. They're going out to eat with their family. They're taking a Sunday drive. They're doing whatever. They're going to the store, doing projects around the house, taking advantage of a sunny day on a Sunday. And yet you're here in this building listening to a man ramble on for 45 minutes. What are we doing here? We want the kingdom. But give me Barabbas. Give me Barabbas. Jesus said, I don't really care about what you're doing. I'm really caring about what's going on here. Barabbas is like, listen, a little rebellion doesn't hurt anybody every once in a while. If that gets the job done, who cares about rebellion? It's getting the job done, right? So what? You know what? It's a little bit of rebellion. So I'm a rebel, but I'm doing it for a good cause. We always think rebellion's for a good cause. Whose cause? My cause. Rebellion's always good for the one that's being rebellious because it's all about you. And Jesus over here said, You know what? Lay it down. Woo. Take up your cross. Follow me. How about this, Jesus? You take your cross and you just go walk in, and I'm not taking a cross because it's too heavy. Take up your cross. Follow me. No, thank you. I'll take Barabbas, please, Alex, for 100. (laughs) Give me Barabbas. What is your choice today? See, here's the problem. Anatomy of Disciple, all the stuff we're doing, talking about that, it's wonderful, it's great, it's beautiful, God's doing wonderful things. But there comes a fork in the road for all of us on this journey where we've got to decide if we're going to go farther in this and we've got to really become who God's called us to be, there's a fork. And the fork is Barabbas or Jesus. My way, my strength, or laying down my life. And living my life his way. I would never, if I was in that crowd today, I'd have been the one, I don't know about the rest of those yahoos, I'd have been the one going, don't kill Jesus, he's a good guy. You're right. You'd have probably been the biggest one up there going, get me, Barabbas." <laughs> I mean, you this I forgot what movie, one of those movies, they gave that, and like, this guy's face, man, like, they panned the camera, at the end, and he's like, give me Barabbas. <laughs> Whoa, it's intense, man. Back it down, brother. <laughs> That's sort of what I do. But instead of saying it to you, it doesn't matter today. I'm not your police officer. I'm not going to leave here today and say, "Um, excuse me, what did you decide, Barabbas or Jesus? You know what? It's not about what you say to me because it's about tomorrow morning when you wake up and you're looking at a Monday morning where you can follow Barabbas or follow Jesus and you're going to look at Jesus and say, look, Sunday, it was a you thing. But today, I'm going to go with me and Mr. Barabbas. Sunday, I'll give it back to you. But today, I'm walking with Barabbas. Tuesday, I'm walking with Barabbas. Hey, Jesus, I'll come back here. I'll come back around Sunday. I'll come back and I'll give you your time. But the rest of the time, it's me and Barabbas. Give me Barabbas. Because you know why? And I'm not an expert in this at all. There's others here. but Chambly a tremendous expert. He could explain it to you better. But you know what? Had been lost in the whole entire journey from those three groups. It all had become about what you're doing. And none of them focused on the heart. Jesus comes in and says, I don't really care about any of this stuff. Let's talk about the heart. Wait a minute, Mr. Pharisee. I don't want to care about the heart. I don't care if you're nasty. I don't care if you're judgmental. I don't care if you try to torture every sinner. As long as you're doing everything right, that's all that matters. And Jesus said, I don't care what you're doing. What's your heart say? And then Jesus says, hey, should we pay taxes? You're Messiah, right? You're going to tell us we don't need to pay taxes anymore. He said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. And in their mind, they thought, give me Barabbas. Thank you, but I'll take Barabbas, please. Just right. right. stop paying taxes? Obviously, no, no, no. Give me. Because you know what? Even when the person that they were following was wrong, God cared more about the heart of submission than He cared about following a wrong and evil empire. He cared more about the attitude. And finally, that crowd had had enough. And they said, enough with this nonsense. You go to a cross and we'll take Barabbas. And that crowd that day dug their heels in the ground and they said, we're not changing our heart even for you, the self-proclaimed Messiah. Because they came to Pilate and they said, take that sign down off the cross. He's no king of ours. And Pilate looked at them and said, what has been written is already been written. What's your choice today? What's your choice today? I can't make that choice for you. And I gotta be honest with you. A two second prayer in this place today is not gonna make a a hill of beans when you get up in the morning. Oh God, I don't wanna, I don't wanna choose Barabbas. I wanna choose you. God, help me choose you. Is that saying it's not sincere? I'm not saying that's not sincere, but let's be honest with you. That right there, how is that gonna transfer in the morning when you get up? Because every day you get up, he said, take up your cross. Daily? That every day I've got a Barabbas choice. It's not a one time deal. I gotta make a choice every day. Am I gonna follow Barabbas or I'm gonna follow Jesus? The question you today is can you be a true disciple following Barabbas? I would never follow Barabbas. Every time you do things your way through your own actions and your own effort, even if you're trying to do what you think is right through your own actions and your own efforts, you're a Barabbas. Give me Barabbas. What's your choice today? When you get up in the morning and you deal with your day, what choice are you going to make? Are you going to choose the cross? Are you going to choose Barabbas? It's quiet in here for a reason. It's quiet in here because the Spirit of the Lord has moved in this place right now. Because if he said, if you would choose me, I'll give you life and life more abundantly. But when we choose Barabbas, he was wiped off the page of history in a moment. Literally. His name is written by all four gospel writers. And then poof, gone. Never to be seen of, never to heard. And Jesus said, if you walk with me, he looked at the thief on the cross and said, you, you will be with me forever and eternity. What's your choice? Do you want the momentary satisfaction of your way? Or do you want to choose the cross that's going to open up the way for a life and life more abundantly? How do I do that, preacher? What do I need to change? What what kind of what do I need to I need to start doing this or start doing that? No, the first thing you need to do is let God open up your heart and say, "Okay, God, in my heart today, am I choosing you?" Or am I choosing Barabbas? Because if it doesn't start with your heart, it doesn't get to the other areas of your life. The choice today for you has got to start. A choice in the heart. Give me Jesus. There's an old song we used to sing years ago. said, I'll give you Jesus. He'll be the water that you drink and never thirst again. I give you Jesus. He's the peace that passeth all understanding. I give you Jesus. You know what? Flesh doesn't want that way. Flesh would rather take that way. But that way has an ending. This way has life everlasting. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? The altar call today is not going to take place by you standing up and moving. It's going to be a moment with you and Jesus right here at this moment where you need to start making a declaration in your life. I refuse to live in a Barabbas moment one more day. God, you see every heart in here. You said you see our hearts even when we don't see our hearts. You know every shortcoming. You know every flaw. You know every crack. You know every broken place. God, you also see that the Spirit is willing, but sometimes the flesh is weak. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would give us the grace to choose you, to choose the cross, And Lord, when our flesh calls out for Barabbas that the spirit that you've placed inside of us would cry even louder, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. God, we just want you. Lord, we want the kingdom. Yeah, we want the things of the kingdom. We want the things of the kingdom. But God, we don't want the things of the kingdom if we don't have you because you are the kingdom. I pray, God, that there would be a spirit released in this place, a fresh spirit that would be released in this place that we just want you. And yes, with you comes a cross, but with you comes life and peace and joy and everlasting. And a heart that is molded, and a mind that is formed by your word that we can walk in our will and our desires and our choices can be molded in the framework of who you are because we chose you and we didn't choose our Barabbas. God, if we've had a Barabbas moment, if we've lived a Barabbas moment in our lives, God, today we open our hearts and confess before you, ask you to forgive us. Forgive me for my Barabbas moments, God. Forgive me for when I tried to get the kingdom, but I was too selfish and too filled with flesh to do it your way. I decided it was best to do it my way through my own efforts without facing the cross. And God, forgive me for my Barabbas moments. Let your grace flow in this place. Would you just take just a brief moment this morning, reach over next to somebody, take them by the hand and put your hand on the shoulder. Right before we end here today, can we just pray for our fellow disciple? We're in this journey together. Let's pray for our fellow disciple. Say, God, give us the grace and the strength today that when we're faced with a choice, we're giving a choice today, that we get Jesus, Barabbas, or Jesus The Christ that we choose you. That we choose you. We choose you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, your spirit move in this place right now. Seal this word in our hearts. Seal this word in our hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seal this word in our hearts and spirit today by the power of the word. Let this this not just be a word or a message or a thought from a man, but let this be a word that's spoken to the hearts and lives of people in this room. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it will always be you, Jesus. Jesus, be the center of it all. Jesus, be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, always be you, Jesus. Jesus, sing it like this. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, will always be you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the center. And everything revolves around you. Jesus, you... From my heart to the heaven. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heaven, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heaven, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about, come on, say it again. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about, come on, from the heart, say, it. from my heart To the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Jesus be the center of this church. Jesus be the center of this church. Every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you, Jesus. You would you stand and lift your hands and just thank him for that right now? Come on, as we finish this morning, can you just tell him that God be the center of my life? I don't want a Barabbas, I want you, Jesus, be the center of my life. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, praise God. God bless you. I challenge you this week. In the morning when you get up and this moment is a long lost memory collected in many other memories, I pray by the grace of God you would stand up tomorrow and you would say, give me Jesus. Be the sinner today. God bless you. God bless you. If you help us clean up just for a moment, that would be wonderful. Make sure you greet somebody. Hug them. Tell them it's good to see them. Tell them you love them. Go to small group today. God bless you. Amen.